Welcome to Tribe Talk, where we focus on the topics that will help you improve your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. I'm Dr. Elena Villanueva, and helping people improve their mental health is my passion. I'm Ann Hutira, and nutrition is my passion. Together, we invite you to be a part of our tribe and learn how addressing the root causes of your symptoms can bring you improved health and wellness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next hour of Tribe Talk. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Villanueva, and I am here co-hosting Tribe Talk this week with Anne. And uh, we're so lucky and grateful to have you following us. Um, and so welcome today. We've got a fun topic that we're going to be discussing today, and that is around protocols for uh, viral infections. And so before I get started with that, I just want to go ahead and preface this with, you know, we are doing this for educational purposes only. All right. So we're not telling you exactly what you should be doing for you and what's going to be best for you. What we're going to be doing is telling you what we know that's scientifically backed that helps with viruses. Um, any kind of virus. So whether it's the virus that's going around now or any other type of viral concern, all viruses pretty much act the same. And, uh, and we're going to touch on what to do if you're having, um, you know, if, if, if you're looking for protocols to help with any type of respiratory distress. So we're doing this as an educational model today. And if you have any questions in more detail, you are welcome to reach out to us personally. Absolutely. You know, Dr. V, when this uh, whole virus issue first started, you know, many months back, no one really knew how long this was going to last or how long we were going to hear about it all the time in the media and, and see the different issues that have come up because of it. But like you said, viruses have been around for ages and ages. And a lot of the protocols we're going to talk about today can be used for overall health to really address any type of viral issue that you may come in con into contact with. And we are going to come into contact with viruses throughout our lifetime. It's just inevitable. There's no way to avoid that. So I know one of the things we like to really encourage our clients and all the people listening to do is to really take your own health into your own hands. You know, this pandemic that we've seen going around has really opened eyes for a lot of people and made them say, wait a minute, maybe I'm not taking care of myself the way I should or doing the things I should be doing to support my body and support my immune system. And so we've seen a lot of people ask us, what should I be doing or what can I be doing? So aside from the protocols we're going to talk about today, of course, diet is so important, and we've helped a lot of people navigate diet changes over the past couple of months, and, and so there's a lot of different ways you can do that. There's a lot of changes you can make, like eliminating processed food, ditching all the fast food, going to real, whole, natural foods, lots of fruits and vegetables and antioxidants. So that's kind of one of the first things you want to do before you start trying to treat things with different supplements or... Um, you know, take care of yourself that way, you've really got to start from the bottom and work your, work your way up and start with self-care and diet's a great place to, to start with that. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely true. You know, starting from bottom up or inside out is really where you want to start. And 
there's, there's nothing more important that I think people are realizing finally now um, is, is your health. You have nothing if you don't have your health. And, and it's not important to just be symptom free uh, you know, or without disease. You wanna make yourself resilient. You know, you wanna make yourself resilient so that you know, you've got enough gas in the tank, so to speak, that your body can handle stressors um, and enough nutrient reserves in your body so that your body can heal you know, if it starts to, you know, uh, like encounter a virus, for example, that might cause inflammation and leading to other types of symptoms. Um, and, you know, another reason why we're doing this today is because we've had many people who have reached out to us who, uh, for many different reasons, um, either, you know, didn't want to go into the hospital or they weren't able to get in to see their doctor because the offices had closed. Um, or they were afraid to go to the hospital, um, or they were turned away from the hospital, um, even though they were not feeling well. And you know, the hospital would say, "Well, just you know, come back if things get worse. If your fever gets over 104, you know, uh, things like that." And um, and and then we simply have people who are very uh, uh, very big advocates of doing things the natural way when at all possible. And, and that's what, that's what we're advocates of. Um, and we always say that, you know, thank God that we've got an amazing medical system with amazing doctors who can provide life-saving emergency care. Um, but, uh, you know, but many times there are things that we can do, um, on our own, if we know what to do and how to do it, that can mitigate a problem before it becomes an emergency. And so that's what we want to talk with you about today. We want to go over some protocols. Um, now, back in February, I believe, uh, we had posted a blog um, to our website. You can go to modernholistichealth.com. And then in the top, uh, in the top like right corner of the screen where it says media, you can click on the on that tab there, and then you can go to our blogs, and you can click in the search, um, understanding the coronavirus. And back then, uh, back in February, before you know everybody really knew what was going on, we had already gotten wind of this, and we published an article. And in that article, we spoke about what we knew at the time of this uh, virus and we also put in some protocols in there or not really protocols uh, because you know protocols tell you you know kind of give you advice also on like what doses to take and all that and we're going to give you you know some guidelines on that today uh, but it, it was what what different supplements can you take and scientifically how do they work and so and, and i have a lot of references in there showing the science and the data behind, for example, how vitamin C prevents viral replication inside the cell. In other words, how can you knock out a virus using vitamin C? And what doses do you need to take? We're going to talk about that more today. Um, but, you know, we had published this back then, and it wasn't until we were in the middle of all of this mess that a lot of people were trying to get their supplements. And at that time, you could not find them anywhere. They weren't just sold out. They were back ordered for weeks. And so we wanted to get on today to give everybody plenty of time to go and get your supplements. Get your arsenal in your medicine cabinet of the things that you're going to need if you get sick, whether it's a cold, a, a flu, 
or any other type of virus or respiratory issues like pneumonia or, or anything like that, you know, bronchitis, any type of things like that. Um, there are certain things that you want to have at home on hand. You know, you don't want to wait until you're already sick to try to order this stuff, especially if there's another big rush like there was a couple of months ago where everybody in the country and around the world is buying this stuff and you can't find it. So we're giving you a heads up so that you can go ahead and have this stuff in your, in your pantry. This is stuff that we recommend for our clients and our friends and it's stuff that we keep in our cabinets uh, no matter what, you know, because you never know when you or your kid are going to come down with a bronchial infection or a cold um, or the flu, or, you know, now we've got this other virus that we're dealing with. And so having these things in your medicine cabinet is always a really good idea. Right, Anne? Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned, let's kind of dive right in vitamin C, you mentioned right off the bat. And at the beginning of this virus, we saw some of the major hospitals using really high doses of vitamin C, which we were very happy to see that there were some doctors out there who were using some of these natural ways to help support people's body. And so vitamin C is one that was really hard to find a couple of months ago. It was sold out almost everywhere. And let's talk a minute about quality because you want to make sure you're buying some quality supplements. You don't want to just run out to, you know, Walmart and buy some random supplements off the counter. You want to make sure that what you're buying is really high quality and that you're getting what you pay for. Um, and so vitamin C is one that is really great for just supporting the body, boosting the immune system. Um, for people who couldn't find vitamin C months ago, I was telling them, make sure you're eating all of the foods that are high in vitamin C, oranges, sweet potatoes, anything that's orange or yellow in the vegetable section, your yellow squash, which is in season right now, your yellow and orange bell peppers. You know, it's a good idea to have these things as a regular part of your diet, even if you are supplementing with vitamin C. But myself personally, I supplement with vitamin C year round because it's just wonderful for supporting the body and boosting the immune system. And, um, you know, dosages you, you kind of depends per person, but you know, recommended to split your vitamin C into two doses, one in the morning and one in the evening for, for better absorption and usage um, by your body. I do about a thousand each, you know, in the morning and in the evening, but that's really just a guideline. People can kind of determine what they think their body needs. Yeah, exactly. And you can even dial into that even more if you do some uh, advanced genetic testing. So, you know, we have um, epigenetic coaches um, on our team, including myself. And, you know, if you really want to know per your own genetic blueprint, what type of supplements that your body, you know, really might need more than others, uh, so that you're not just kind of, you know, guessing uh, when you're at the store wondering like what you need, you can look at your genetics and that will really help you too. So, you know, for example, my genetics show me that I have a, a rather high vitamin C need. And, uh, and, and I, that's not something I was regularly taking because I eat a lot of berries. But um, interestingly enough, once I looked at my genetics and started adding that in, I noticed changes. I noticed changes to my hair, my skin, my sleep, and, and even my cognitive function just from taking vitamin C. And I just didn't even know that genetically, you know, I, I just need extra vitamin C. Now, when we're talking about, you know, what do I do? What dose do I take when I'm sick? So get your pens and, 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 and your paper out because I'm going to go over this with you. Vitamin C, just like Ann said, there were hospitals and doctors around the world 
who were using high dose IV vitamin C. But what do you do if you can't get into the hospital to get it, or you just don't even want to step foot in there, you know, or your doctor's office gets closed down, uh, you know, because of lockdown and you can't get in there to get your vitamin C IV, you can take it orally. It works just as well. Okay, now the thing is, is that you want to split it into several doses. In order to take vitamin C as a, you know, therapeutic type of, uh, you know, in a, in a therapeutic way, you want to take high doses of vitamin C. What does high mean? Well, everyone's tolerance to vitamin C is a little different. Once you hit your tolerance, you'll have a blowout. You'll have diarrhea. All right. And so that's how you know that you've been able to take as much as you can handle. For some people, that's 5,000 milligrams. For some, it's seven. For some, it's 10. For some, it's 20. For some, it's 30 even. And so, you know, um, you know, take it to your tolerance and you want to spread it out like every couple of hours throughout the day. So if you start getting sick, how are you going to take that much vitamin C without really for sure, like upsetting your tummy where you end up having diarrhea, spread it out. Your body can only absorb so much at a time anyway. And that goes with anything that you put in your body, whether it's protein, you know, or vitamins or minerals, you know, or even fatty acids, you've got to spread that stuff out. If you're going to be doing large therapeutic doses, you've got to spread that out. So you take it to bowel tolerance. So, you know, try, you know, tell yourself, okay, I'm going to try 10,000 milligrams today and I'm going to see how I do. And I'm going to spread that out over the course of all the, all my waking hours, you know, um, a, you know, a dose like every couple of hours to give my body the chance to absorb it. And if you notice that you're having, you start having diarrhea, then you kind of know like, okay, I, once I hit 7,000 milligrams, that's when I started having my diarrhea. I think I'm going to just hang out there for a couple of days or decrease it just a little bit so that you don't have the diarrhea, right? That's to bowel tolerance. That's how you take vitamin C therapeutically. Good, good advice. And I don't know, that sounds kind of complicated to figure out, but really when you break it down and you're doing just a bit each hour, you can figure that out in a day or so. Let's talk about vitamin D, because vitamin D, there's a lot of studies out there done on vitamin D. Some have shown that it is wonderful for reducing respiratory tract infections, for helping prevent the flu. And vitamin D is one that I know in our clients, vast majority of them come to us very deficient in vitamin D. I think a good part of our population is very deficient in vitamin D and um, for genetic reasons that you can talk about that, the mutation there that prevents people from being able to convert vitamin D. Um, but so taking vitamin D supplementation is, is a good idea and also getting some sunshine. We've also encouraged people get outside and get some sun during this time. A lot of people have kind of close themselves off at home. You know, they're not going outside, they're not going for walks, they're not taking the dog out, they're not going anywhere because they just want to stay home and, and, you know, feel safer at home for many reasons. But you're really harming yourself when you're not getting out of the house and not getting some fresh air and not getting some sunlight and some sunshine. And so that is a great way to get some vitamin D. But Dr. V, talk about some of the ways you can supplement with that and, and what you should look out for in your quality of vitamin D. So vitamin D, before we jump into that part, let me just mention really quick that uh, you know vitamin D is a very important immune regulator. And it's known to shorten the course of respiratory tract infections. And again, 
you can go to that blog and you can look up the science behind it because I have links so that you can read that for yourself in well-documented scientific journals <clears throat> so that you can see that. And, you know, vitamin D does many, many things, many important things for the body. It's needed for a lot of different systemic engines in the body. And like Ann said, most people are deficient in vitamin D. Even if they live in the southern latitude lines, people tend to be deficient in vitamin D because they're not getting out or because there actually are, a, a, you know, a rather, um, you know, uh, significant percentage of people that do have the VDR TAC mutation in their gene. So even if they're out in the sun, they're just not able to really, you know, make vitamin D like they normally would. And so, um, you know, considering that most people are deficient in vitamin D, taking the standard, you know, 1200 IU a day of what you find on the shelf, if you go to Costco or Walgreens, which I don't recommend that, Okay, but taking that dose, if you're already deficient, it's not going to get your levels up. You're already deficient. You know, if your gas tank is on empty and you put, you know, $2 worth of gas in there, is that going to get you across the state? No. I mean, you know, you've got to fill it up. You're deficient. You've got to fill it up. And so, you know, when we're working with clients and many holistic and functional doctors and practitioners around the world when they're working with clients and they see that they're low in their vitamin D, it's not uncommon to supplement someone with, you know, 50,000 IU of vitamin D for two to four weeks. And then they'll back them down to either a daily dose of 5,000 to 10 or, or 10,000 IU a day to maintain. And that might sound like a lot, but believe it or not, many people, they can take 10,000 IU a day and they stay right inside of that level, you know, on their labs between like 80 and 100, you know, on their measurement, which is super robust. It's super healthy. Now, what do we do with vitamin D as a therapeutic? Because I mentioned earlier that it can shorten the course of respiratory infections and respiratory, you know, uh, any type of viral, viral based respiratory infection. Um, if you're not, you know, people that are not working with a practitioner or a coach who, you know, where they're able to monitor their vitamin D levels, um, typically you're going to be fine. Typically people are fine taking 50,000 IU for like a week, once a day, 50,000 IU for, you know, every day for like seven days while you're feeling bad. And then you can back down to, you know, 5,000 IU a day. That's pretty safe to take for the majority of people um, if they're not testing themselves, all right? If you're working with somebody or you want to go to like any labs now or some of these labs that you can go out on your own and test it for yourself, all right, that's great too. You know, you want to use that data so that you can see what the, you know, what the, what the amount for you is, what the best amount for you is going to be. Um, you know, definitely you can go and get yourself tested. The allopathic range for vitamin D on a lab test is between like 30 and 90 or 30 and 100. And, you know, honestly, your, your functional practitioners um, around the world all agree that it should really be between 60 and 100. And there are many like myself who feel like, well, we really, really optimally like to sit between 80 and 100, especially if you're dealing with autoimmune issues, um, you know, or you just have a history of recurring chronic illnesses, like you're getting sick all the time, that vitamin D is really going to help boost your immune system. 
And so uh, write this down, um, you know, what is common that people will take as a therapeutic dose when they're sick is about 50,000 IU for about seven days. And then you back it down to about 5,000 IU after that. That's typically what most people will do if they're working with a coach. And so these are just things that we're sharing with you. Again, I'm not making a recommendation exactly for you. You can talk with your doctor about this stuff, okay? Talk to your doctor about this stuff or talk to your functional practitioner about this stuff. I'm letting you know what is you know, common in the functional practitioner world and in the holistic practitioner world. And so I'm not making a recommendation exactly for you. I'm just letting you know, you know, common protocols and therapeutic doses that are used in the holistic and functional world. Perfect. And let's talk about vitamin A because vitamin A is overlooked, I think, by a lot of people. And it's like vitamin D. It is known for boosting the immune system. And it's also in some studies shown to be antiviral in that it helps fight these viruses um, and antibacterial. And so vitamin A can be really powerful when you're talking prevention, trying to fend off some of these viruses that are out there. Yes, absolutely. This is another really big one that, just like you said, a lot of people just have no idea that vitamin D has such amazing immune boosting benefits, but it also has really amazing benefits in that it protects the mucous membranes uh, and it protects the mucous membranes that are lining the respiratory tract. And that's super important, right? Because again, we're talking about what? We're talking about viruses that can then lead to secondary, secondary respiratory infections. Okay, so vi vitamin A is a really, really big one. And um, you, know, you can safely take an adult dose. We're talking all adult doses here. Adults can typically take up to you know, 25,000 IU daily. Um, that's a pretty safe dose. You know, if you go online, you'll be able to find that very, very common, um, you know, that you can do that. Um, what's common in the holistic and functional realm uh, if you're using vitamin A therapeutically? We're talking 50 to even up to 100,000 IU a day for a short course, just like the vitamin D, for like, you know, five to seven days where you're taking higher doses of it. You know, again, talk to a, a, you know, talk to your doctor about this stuff, you know, maybe make a plan of action so that, you know, now while they're all back at work, um, that, you know, make an appointment, you know, show them these protocols. They may not be super familiar with it, but, you know, if you're wondering or, you know, whatever, like, you know, talk to them about it and, you know, because this way you have a plan of action in case you get sick and you're not caught with your pants down you know, scared and wondering what to do. You don't want to go to the hospital or, you know, what if the hospitals, you know, can't take you because they're supposedly too full or whatever, you know, just have a plan of action, right? This way, there's no, there's no reason for you to be afraid or scared. If you start to get sick, you're already prepared and you have these things, you know, you have these things with you. And again, if you have a functional doctor or holistic doctor, Talk to them about this. They are very, very familiar with the therapeutic doses that you can use with these types of things. Absolutely. And I, I like to tell people from a food perspective, some of the things that are going to contain vitamin A are going to be all of your leafy greens, vegetables like broccoli, also your orange and your yellow uh, vegetables and fruits will have some vitamin A. The good thing about doing a variety of fruits and vegetables is that you are going to get amounts of all 
of the vitamins and nutrients we're talking about today if you just have a really good variety of food in your diet. And to touch back on vitamin D real quick, I had someone ask me, well, vitamin D, can I just drink more milk to have more vitamin D? And a lot of people don't realize, okay, milk is fortified with vitamin D, which means it's added. It's not naturally occurring in foods. Um, and so when you have respiratory issues and you're drinking something like milk, that can actually make viral issues worse because you're creating more mucus and you're creating more inflammation um, in, your, in the lining of your esophagus and your lungs. And so you want to avoid dairy products if you're coming down with a viral issue because that's just going to you know, make things worse from an inflammation perspective. So lots of vegetables, lots of greens going to help you get some vitamin A. Let's talk about zinc because that's one that is known over the years for something you start taking once you start coming down with a cold or a flu. Um, and a lot of people take zinc regularly, but it's incredibly powerful. Um, studies have shown how much it boosts the immune system, um, how much it can help shorten the life of viruses and help support the body as it fights these things naturally. Um, talk about how much zinc is, is an okay amount for someone to be taking? So prophylactically, you can take 20 to 50 milligrams a day. And prophylactically meaning, you know, you jump on it now and you just take it as a regular part of your regiment, uh, you know, at least for the next few months. Just take it as a regular part of your regiment. Most people, just like with vitamin D, the majority of the population is deficient in their zinc. Zinc is used for many different chemical reactions in the body, um, but it's also super important, like Ann mentioned, uh, for immune function, especially when it comes to preventing the replication of viruses. And, you know, it actually can prevent the virus um, from entering the cell in the first place. And that's where viruses replicate when they get in the body. They can't survive or replicate unless they can get inside your cell and hijack your cell. Um, and and, and it's, it's once they're in there that they start replicating. And so by taking zinc, you can actually prevent the virus from getting into the cell and it also uh, will shorten the life of the viral infection if you end up getting it. Let's talk about selenium because that is something that I think is really overlooked. I like when a lot of people go to have their blood work done or their lab work or look at their nutrients. A lot of people don't look at selenium or really even understand what selenium does in the body. Um, but it has been shown in studies to like zinc help fight these viral infections and um, help the body naturally fend these infections off. And it kind of helps shut down the virus. It keeps it from prevent, uh, prevents it from replicating really fast. Um, so for someone who's new to taking selenium or adding that to a diet, what should they look for in a supplement of selenium? That's a really good question. Um, any, any supplements that you're looking for, uh, the, you know, your best course of action, first of all, is don't run to Costco, don't go to CVS, don't go to Walgreens, you know, and vitamin world, you can find some good things there. Um, you know, I would definitely not go to GNC. <laughs> you know, there are certain places that I would stay away from. Um, but you want to look for bottles that have the good manufacturing practice label, the GMP label on the side, um, and use use labels or brands that, uh, that, that you know that practitioners use. 
right? And, you know, we give, uh, we give people access to our, uh, you know, to our full script, to our online pharmacy, so that they can, you know, order supplements that we know are good brands, the same ones that we teach other practitioners to use, the same ones that we teach our clients to use, and ones that we know are clinically effective, and they're just really good, safe, clean products to use. Um, you know, when it comes to selenium, there is a substantial amount of research out there that shows that selenium deficiency, uh, that, that selenium deficient people tend to have much more serious viral infections than people that have adequate amounts of selenium. Uh, selenium, I don't know if you're seeing a trend here, but there are many different vitamins and minerals that can actually help shorten the course of a viral infection or prevent it altogether or prevent the, the replication inside the cell. And so imagine when you're taking all these things together, how powerful that it can be. You know, you've got like a layering effect here. Uh, selenium is not only uh, really helpful in the case of of any type of infection or when you're getting sick. Selenium is used in 79 different chemical reactions in the body. And yeah, and you know, including uh, brain chemistry production of some of the brain chemicals, uh, T3, thyroid hormone production. You know, it's used for a lot of things. And one of the reasons why people become selenium deficient is because they are being, uh, they are being uh, exposed to fluoride. So they're drinking their tap water or they're not using a good filter that's, that's filtering out the fluoride that's being put in most of the municipal water systems around the country. Uh, some people will have fluoride uh, you know, occurring naturally and it's in their well water. Um, but you know, there's a, I've done some articles on the contamination of our water system. So go and take a look at our blog sites. I talk about that and I talk about the science behind it. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, fluoride can cause a lot of problems because it blocks the selenium receptor sites on the cell and does not allow the selenium to attach to the cell and go into the cell. So even if you had adequate amounts of selenium or you were taking selenium, if you're drinking tap water that has fluoride in it, and you're not using like a reverse osmosis water system, a Brita filter doesn't work. You can use a Berkey or you can use a reverse osmosis water system, something that is more than just carbon filtration, something that's gonna take out all the toxins. You know, if you're not using that um, and you're being exposed to fluoride through your water or through your toothpaste, um, that's something that we recommend that you stop. All right, because it's, it's causing more than just issues with your immune system. And uh, doses, you, know, you it's, it's safe to take, you know, for the majority of the population, you know, they can take 200 micrograms MCG per day, 200 MCG per day. And again, if you, you know, if you want to take a higher dose, um, you know, many people do and can take higher doses. I would recommend that you get with somebody who's an expert who can guide you in that so that if you need to take it therapeutically, you can go ahead and, and have somebody guiding you on, on a higher dose that you can take. And you know, my number one favorite food for selenium is Brazil nuts. They're so high in selenium, just a small handful of those a day, uh, which it's hard to eat just a small handful because they're so good, but full of selenium. So you can get your daily dose of selenium just from a handful of Brazil nuts, which is really easy to do. Let's talk iodine because that's known for 
Um, people who have thyroid issues, a lot of them supplement with iodine to help with thyroid function. Um, but iodine also helps support our immune function. Um, so talk a little bit about, are there dangers to supplementing with iodine? I mean, should somebody watch that closely? So sometimes, yes. Um, most people, if they have an allergy to iodine, they already know that they have an allergy to iodine. Um, if someone has Hashimoto's, sometimes they just need to stay away from that. You know, um, we have seen more times than not, people that are struggling with Hashimoto's uh, tend to not do well with iodine. And that's interesting, right? Because iodine is actually needed in the body. We, we do need it. Um, but when, when someone has developed an autoimmune issue, they can sometimes start to develop reactions to things even if they need it they can start to develop a reaction. So, you know, this is something that, you know, of everything that we've talked about so far, you know, if you're unsure about the iodine, then just leave that one out, right? Or if you're not working with somebody who can guide you through that, you can leave that one out. But if you've taken iodine before and you know that you don't have an issue with that, that's something that you can definitely add. Um, there's one that you can't get through our pharmacy, but it's called Nascent Iodine, N-A-S-C-E-N-T, Nascent Iodine. And it's a really excellent quality iodine. Um, and there are many of the top functional and holistic doctors around the country who use that brand also. Um, and you can use that therapeutically, uh, you know, especially if you're getting sick. Most people are also deficient in their iodine as well. And, you know, people can safely take like 25 milligrams a day. Um, and if they're sick uh, and they're wanting to use it therapeutically, they can bump that up to 50 to 75 milligrams a day, you know, for like about a week, kind of the same as some of the other ones. Whenever you're taking these things therapeutically and you're taking them at higher doses, it's not necessarily, it's not designed for long-term use at those high doses. You're just taking it therapeutically so that you can give your body the boost that it needs so that it can effectively heal itself. Yeah, and a great source food-wise of iodine is sea vegetables. So adding dulse flakes to your food, seaweed, that type of thing is a great thing to add regularly to your diet. Let's talk about colloidal silver because um, that's been known to help with the viruses and viral infections. There have been studies that shows it destroys the SARS virus and MRSA, um, as well as many others. Um, so talk, talk a little bit about how you use that because there's multiple ways that you can use colloidal silver. Yes, so make sure that you've got your pen ready for this one. Um, this is where um, a lot of people have been using this and it helps make a very, very fast turnaround um, in their respiratory or bronchial symptoms with people who have been getting sick um, you know, secondary to this virus or other types of viruses, you know, if it's the flu virus or whatever, um, you know, people make very, very quick turnarounds, usually within a couple of hours of doing this protocol that I'm getting ready to share with you that a lot of doctors and holistic practitioners around the country um, are sharing with their clients, okay? So colloidal silver, you can use it many different ways. You can use it topically, Right, so if somebody, if an individual has a, an abrasion or a cut or something like that, you can use it and it doesn't burn like alcohol and things like that, okay? So, so you can use it topically, um, but you can also uh, take it orally. So, you know, it's really good for, you know, call it like a, compare it to like an, an anti, 
an antiviral or an antibacterial, you know, like, like an antibiotic, only it covers a much broader spectrum than just bacteria. And, you know, you can use it for parasites, protozoa, um, uh, bacteria, viruses, you, know, you can use it for those different types of things and you can use it in different ways. So, you know, orally, you can definitely do that, but you can also use it um, in a nebulizer. So let's talk about that and you can write this down. I'm sharing with you what, you know, what people usually only know this stuff if they're working with a functional practitioner. And so I'm sharing this with you. And this is something that I feel everybody should have on hand. Um, our newsletter that went out a couple weeks ago talked about this. I want, you know, I would love to see everybody have on hand as in their arsenal and their medicine cabinet, in addition to these supplements, to have a nebulizer and a, and, and a pulse oximeter at home. And we're going to talk about what those are right now. A pulse oximeter is a little device that you can, that you just put it on your finger and it will tell you what your oxygen saturation rate is. So it's telling you how much oxygen is in your blood. All right, and that's super important, especially when we're talking about this current virus. People that have respiratory distress with this kind of virus are not typically experiencing the same type of respiratory distress that they have if they get um, bronchitis or pneumonia or even asthma. You see, when you have those types of respiratory distress issues, you literally feel like you cannot take a deep breath. You feel like you can't take a deep breath and you feel like you have like an elephant on your chest right? And, and, and your chest hurts. You can tell that you can't breathe. What a lot of people are seeing with this current virus, you know, the people that are getting sick from it is they just feel exhausted. They feel so exhausted on top of other symptoms. Like they've had a fever for two weeks. They just can't get rid of it. The fever's not going away. They feel exhausted, loss of, loss of smell, loss of taste, you know, headaches. Um, but they're not necessarily complaining that they can't breathe. They're, they're, they are saying that they, they feel like they can take a deep breath. However, when they put the pulse oximeter on, they can then, then they can see that they're really not getting enough oxygen because the problem with this virus is not that you can't breathe in a full breath of air. It's that your body isn't able, in very, very simple terms, your body's not able to grab the oxygen from the air that you're breathing into your lungs. The virus is preventing that. It's preventing that, that. To, from happening. And so your oxygen saturation rates should be, and I know I'm diverting a little bit, but I'm going to go right back into the colloidal silver. Your oxygen saturation rates should be 98, 99. All right. Really, you know, optimal. And if they're hundred, great, right? 98, 99, 97. Eh, if you're at altitude, eh, 97, maybe you go under 97 and that's a red flag. So if you hit 96, 95, or lower, that's a big red flag. If you're taking deep breaths and you're not getting any higher than 96 and you're not feeling well and you've had fever and this and that, that's a big red flag. Now, I recommend that everybody get, get that now so that you can get a baseline and you can see what your normal baseline is. My baseline is 99. If I'm not paying attention and I'm like sitting at the computer and kind of slouching and I'm not paying attention, it'll go down to 98. But if I pay attention to my breathing, it'll go up to 99. So, you know, I know what my baseline is. So if I'm not feeling well and I have fever and I'm, and I test myself and I'm at 97 and I'm taking deep breaths, I know that there's a problem. All right. So the super important, everybody should go out and get one. You can get it at CVS. Um, I'm not sure if Walgreens has it, but if CVS does, Walgreens probably does, or you can get them on Amazon and they're like 20 to $30 right in that range. Everybody should have that in their household. Mm -hmm. Then we go to the nebulizer. 
and, and, and I'm going to teach you how to use colloidal silver in the nebulizer. But the uh, nebulizer, it's a little breathing machine that is typically used by asthmatics or people with COPD. They, they may use it. And it's like this little tiny machine, usually about this big, plugs into the wall, and then it has some tubing with a little medicine cup and then a breathing, a breathing apparatus or a mask that you can wear. And you put the, you know, typically the doctors will prescribe like uh, some sort of a, you know, steroids or something that, that you can put in there to help you breathe, to open up your, your airways. They'll, or, you know, you can do asthma medicines and different things in there and you just breathe it in until the, until the liquid is gone from the cup, but you can use it with colloidal silver. And again, you know, you want to get the right brand of colloidal silver. You want to get a good brand of it. And I believe I recommend that in the newsletter. Um, and, you know, we've got it in our, in our pharmacy. Reach out if you have a question on that. Don't just go out and buy any colloidal silver. You want to make sure that you're using a good quality one. And you can put a teaspoon of that into the medicine cup. And then you just breathe that in. Um, and, and this is helping people. People are getting really, really fast turnarounds with that. And you know, all of this is really, really great information, especially right now, because we're in the middle of summer. Before you know it, fall is gonna be here. We're heading into what's typically flu and cold season. Plus we still have this other virus that's lingering around. So, you know, if you're listening to this today and you haven't stocked up on any of the things that we talked about today or in our previous newsletter, now is the time to do that. We're seeing, we've seen a lot of things come back into stock. Vitamin C is finally back in full script in our pharmacy. It was out for, for several months, but a lot of these things are now back in stock. So if you haven't stocked up, think about getting some of these things that can last you through the fall and winter months. And you will eventually use all of them. So, you know, there's no harm in buying extra now and making sure you have enough of this to boost your immune system to keep it really high as we head through fall and winter um, and really do some of these things proactively before you or anyone you know comes down with a virus. Yes, so like Ann said, you know, don't be caught unprepared, just have your stuff with you, um, order it now so that you have it. Um, and if you have any questions or you're not feeling well and you need some guidance and you don't already have a holistic practitioner, somebody that you're working with, you can make an appointment with us and we can help guide you with more detail on how to use this type of stuff uh, so that, you know, if you're not feeling well, you can get some, you know, maybe more, more direct answers that are more tailored for your situation. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Tribe Talk. Share this with a friend and um, we will see you next week.